Living Thrive. My name is Marizal and I will be your online host for today. If this is your first time visiting us, please let us know. You can text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info and we will mail you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle. We are delighted to have you here at Thrive. Matthew 19 verse 14 says, Let the children come to me. Don't stop them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to those who are like these children. Here at Thrive, we've prepared a fun and interactive children program for children ages 3 to 12. If you're a parent or have children at home, simply visit mythrive.info and click Thrive Kids for all the kids' activities. There's also information to our weekly children's Zoom class happening every Sunday from 10.45am to 11.15am. Let your children experience the love of Jesus at Thrive Kids Online. And now, I'm going to pass the time over to Pastor JB. Let's get ready for a powerful time together today. Hi, Thrive family. In response to the wildfire crisis that's going on in various parts of BC, uh, even Alberta, Saskatchewan, but especially in response to what's going on here in British Columbia, we wanted to be part of the solution. When we hear of uh, you know thousands of people being evacuated from their homes, uh, when we hear of about 300 different wildfires going on in various parts of our province right now, we wanted to be part of a solution. And so what we're doing today is we're partnering with the Canadian Red Cross to provide relief and aid to people who are under evacuation orders right now, who don't have a place to stay, uh, to provide help to them in this emergency. And so when you give today, know that a portion of today's offerings at Thrive Church is going to go to the Canadian Red Cross. And in addition to that, the BC government, as well as the federal government, have said that whatever we give to the Red Cross on this day, they're going to match uh, dollar for dollar. And so let's make the most of this opportunity to make a big impact for people who are affected by the BC wildfires. I believe that God has a heart for every single person who's affected by it and we're going to be part of making a difference in their lives and so let's give our very best to god today and believe that god is going to use us to provide hope for people who need it right now thanks so much everybody Hello, everybody, and welcome to Thrive Church Online. My name is JB. I'm one of the pastors here at Thrive, and I'm so excited to welcome you to an amazing Sunday here at Thrive Church Online. We are so glad that you're here, especially if you're here for the very first time, whether you stumble upon us online or a friend invited you, you are our VIP. And especially for you, we've got a special gift. If you want to go to mythrive.info and touch the button that says new to Thrive, we would love to send straight to your door your very own stainless steel Thrive Church water bottle. Just a simple way to say thanks so much for joining us today. Can we give all of our VIPs in this place a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? In fact, we've got a saying here at Thrive, which is that welcoming is not just what we do, it's who we are. And so with that in mind, would you welcome one other to church today? Would you go into your chat rooms if you see one there? Welcome the people there. Maybe you're sitting beside someone as you're watching the service. Would you give them a high five, a handshake, a hug, whatever's appropriate, and just say it's so good to be with you here today. Let's just welcome out of the house of God today. You guys are an amazing church and it's always such a joy to spend time with you. And praise God, because this past week was a history-making week here at Thrive Church because for the first time in 16 months, we as a church got to meet 
on site together and it was at the Thrive Center which reopened and so you know we've got a church now that is in many ways multi-site we are meeting on site and we're meeting online it is an amazing time and we had an amazing time with all of you last Sunday whether it was online or on site for those who who missed the on site reopening here's just a few pictures of what happened there what an amazing time it was to reunite with people we hadn't seen face to face in 16 months it was such an incredible thing to see new faces and just to be together in uh, you know, each other's presence again. It was amazing. And we are so, so thankful for this new season when we get to meet together on site again, in addition to our amazing online services here. And so we want to invite you as well. If you're able to join us on site, we strongly encourage you to do so. You can go to mythrive.info and pre-register. And the reason we do pre-registration is just as we're trying to do this as safely as we can. We don't want to throw caution to the wind. And so pre-registering allows us to do contract, con, con, contact tracing if we need to. It allows us to get ready uh, for capacity limits and all that stuff. And so we would love to see you here, uh, here with all the different safety protocols that are in place. I think you're going to find that it's a safe place for people to come and to worship God together. And if for some reason you can't do that right now, we're so glad to have you here at Thrive Church Online. Let's give all of you, let's give God a big hand big shout let's play together right now praise god it's a new season here at thrive church we're meeting on site and we're meeting online at the same time and i'm so glad to be with all of you today uh and so right now i want to let you know before we go into the message today one more thing that is happening next month that you don't want to miss and we want to let you know that in in the second half of next month second half of august we're going to have our next baptism sunday that's right Baptism Sunday is our chance to celebrate the good things that God has done in people's lives. If you have recently received Jesus into your life, or maybe you've been, you know, you you received Jesus a long time ago, but you never got baptized. Baptism isn't a graduation. Baptism is a very beginning step. It's simply you saying, I'm a sinner who needs a savior. And I thank Jesus for dying on the cross for me and being my savior. And if that's you, you've never been baptized before, then guess what? You are ready to get baptized. And so we want to encourage you to make the most of that opportunity happening the second half of August. There on your screen, you see a link that you can click that will give you more information on what baptism is, how we want to do it safely for you during the season. And we'd love to baptize you. For more information on that, go check out mythrive.info. Turn to your neighbor uh, and say, I'm looking forward to baptisms. I'm looking forward to baptisms. It's one of the most, like, like most amazing, most, like, like most exciting times uh, of the year where we get to baptize people. And uh, if you haven't been baptized yet, we'd love to baptize you. Praise God. Did you guys bring your Bibles here today? It's time to get those out if you did. Uh, and uh, if you didn't bring a Bible, I encourage you to get one. If you don't have one right now, that's okay. But we're just going to ask you to grab your Bibles now. Maybe yours is a paper Bible like mine. Maybe yours is a device that you downloaded the Bible into. Either way is cool. But we would just want to do this as a fun way to get our hearts ready for the message today. Why don't you hold up your Bible in the air like so. And why don't you read this off the screen with me together. We're going to say in a big loud voice, this is my Bible. It is God's word. I am what it says I am. I have what it says I have. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I open up my heart so that God's word can come in and change my life and I will never be the same. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 
Amen. Amen. Hey, by the way, if you're new here to church, you're new to Jesus, new to the Bible, you're just kind of exploring, you're curious, uh, maybe you're coming in from another faith background or no background at all, we are so thrilled that you're here. And we hope that you find that Thrive Church is a safe place for you, a place where you can find encouragement, a place where you can find community, a place where you can find support, a place where you can find hope to help you as you start the new week, a place where you can even ask the questions that you're asking. And if there's any way that we've been serving you at all, you can always email us at info at thrivechurch.ca. You can also go to mythrive.info, which is our Next Steps website for all these different next steps you can take uh, here at Thrive Church. A huge welcome to each and every one of you. Well, we're doing a series here at Thrive. It is called Rise Up and Wise Up. And in this series, we're looking at the book of Proverbs, the powerful book of Proverbs in the Old Testament. If you've never read the Bible before, this is a great book to kind of get your feet wet into learning more about the Bible. If you've read the Bible for years, this is a book that you will never graduate from because the fact is the book of Proverbs is about living a wise life. It's about gaining wisdom for living. And how many of us know that we never lose our need for wisdom? No matter how old you get, no matter how experienced you are, no matter how far along the journey you may be, we always, always will have a need for wisdom. Wisdom isn't just head knowledge. Wisdom isn't just academic, you know, book smarts. It's not just about that. It's actually something very different. Wisdom is about making wise decisions. Wisdom is about practical living. Wisdom is about healthy relating to others. Wisdom is about knowing what to say, when to say it, how to say it. It's about, you know, being a wise person. And so because we can all use more wisdom, we are getting into the series called Rise Up and Wise Up. If you could use more wisdom in your life right now, you need to make good decisions. If you just want to learn more about the book of Proverbs, then this series is for you. And we hope that you'll join us not just today, but every week of the series. You can catch up on the episodes that you've missed at our Thrive Church Vancouver podcast or at our YouTube channel. We'd love to have you join us for every episode of this series. Well, today we are extremely blessed because Pastor Tim Ashoi is here to bring episode four of our Rise Up and Wise Up message series today. And just to, as a way of, by introduction for those of you who maybe are here for the first time, Pastor Tim and his love wife, Sandra, uh, they are an amazing couple. Uh, they are some of our favorite people. And uh, in fact, they just celebrated uh, last month 50 years in ministry together. Can we give God a big hand for that? Can we give Pastor Tim and Sandra a big hand for that? That is incredible. 50 years. I'm not sure how someone gets ordained to be a pastor at, you know, three years old, but somehow, you know, just, you know, Pastor Tim, he's both young looking, youthful in spirit, full of wisdom. And he and his wife, Sandra, have been effective ministers for God's kingdom for over 50, for 50 years now. And we are so incredibly blessed to have them here. Every time they bring the message to us, we're always so blessed. And so would you please give a warm, honoring welcome to Pastor Tim Ashoi as he brings episode four of our Rise Up and Wise Up series. Let's give him a big hand right now. Thank you so much, Pastor JB. I always count it an honor to be here, and we are glad that we are part of this spiritual family. Uh, we have received nothing but blessing and encouragement here, and I would say to you today, if you do not have a home church uh, we would encourage you to make this your home. Make this your spiritual home. There's wonderful people here. Uh, the Word of God is taught. You have opportunity to worship and uh, glorify God 
and grow in the purposes of God. And so we encourage you in that. Uh, there's so many, so many wonderful things that are found in the book of Proverbs. It addresses important issues that we confront in life, giving us the path to wisdom in so many areas, like life in general, family, business, spiritual life, leadership, eternal things. All of this is found in the book of Proverbs. It teaches us into the best path for self and for others. And, it's, and, and again, we realize that others are important in our lives and in the church and in the community, but also there's good news for us. God does not leave you out when he's thinking about the general population. Turn to somebody and say, God does not leave me out. He includes, he includes me and includes you in his purposes and in his plans. Uh, although Solomon was known as a, a, a wise, one of the wisest men that ever lived, uh, yet there was an area of folly that was in his life. And all of us are, are vulnerable or can be vulnerable to folly in our lives. We can, we can do so many things good, but we can, we can mess up in one area. But we, we come to the book of Proverbs where there are so many areas and issues that are, are addressed that we can live wise in all areas of our life. We don't have to fall into some foolishness and pay the price for foolishness because we know there is a price for uh, foolishness or doing things wrong in our lives. Uh, you know, in the book of Proverbs, it says the curse causeless does not come. You know, in other words, uh, if there's something that negative comes into our lives, it's because something happened prior to that to produce that. And so we want to be wise people. Many of the statements in the book of Proverbs are contrasts, like do this and you will have life, and you don't do this and you will have a curse. None of us want a curse. We want blessing and we want life that is abundant to live in. And the ultimate goal of this book is, is to teach deep reverence for the Lord and live our lives out of that reverence for God. And the fear of the Lord is at the foundation of all that's taught in the book of Proverbs. And, uh, you know, the Bible says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and it is the beginning of knowledge. And so uh, uh, the very foundation of this book is, is challenging us to, to uh, fear and honor the Lord, not, not to be scared of God, but to have, a, have an, a sense of awe and reverence for Him. Because God sees and he cares. In return, we reverence him in the assembly of the righteous. And everywhere we go in our lives, we, we honor God. We acknowledge his presence. We acknowledge that he is with us. And we acknowledge that we need him so desperately in our lives. Uh, you know, moving to this uh, region of Vancouver, uh, coming here, um, I got a word from God. And the word from God was that the fragrance of Christ would be known by us in every place. And that's a scripture from the Bible. 
And uh, I believe this kind of verse is for all of us. God wants us to live in such a way that the fragrance of Christ is, is made known by us in every place. And to me, that is, that, that is the wisdom of God. That's the, that's the knowledge of the Lord that we so desperately need in our lives. <clears throat> when we live a life in reverence for God, uh, I believe that we have a powerful effect in this world uh, on two areas that I'm going to talk about this morning. It's, this is kind of a different message. It's, it's kind of a two-pronged message. I'm talking almost like two different messages, but maybe one's for some and another's for another, other people. And so this morning I want to talk about, about dealing uh, with our enemies... And then I want to talk about dealing with the poor. Or I want to talk about uh, blessing our enemies and blessing the poor. And this is a very sobering message in a way, because when we're, we're uh, talking about having wisdom and dealing with our enemies... Uh, some of us might think, well, I don't, I don't know if I have any enemies. Well, you're, you're, you're in a special spot in this world if that's you, because I think almost everybody, according to the Word of God, uh, has and experiences some type of enemy in their life. I used to think, and I was a little naive, uh, how, how could how could someone like me have enemies? <laughs> you know, actually, you know, we have a, a, a overvalued opinion of ourselves at times, where you know we we think that no, none of this could ever touch me. You know, uh, everybody thinks well of me, and everybody wants me as their friend. And I uh, it wasn't long into life, and I discovered that I had some enemies out there. Uh, Jesus even had an enemy on his team. His name was Judas. And uh, so uh, David spoke much about enemies. In Psalm, 100, uh, Psalm 18, verse 40, uh, he said, You have given me the necks of my enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. Now, uh, he wasn't uh, operating in some hateful way. We'll, we'll discover as we talk about uh, the things of God, and if you understand God well, uh, God deals with enemies in a different way than enemies deal with each other in the world. Uh, God uh, softens the hearts of enemies and conquers the hearts of people by his love, uh, and that's how he operates. Uh, but I want to talk today uh, about three things about, about our enemies. Number one, and this is found in the book of Proverbs. Please God in all we do to our enemy. That's my first point. Please God in all we do to our enemy. Proverbs 16, verse 7. It says here, and I want to quote the old King James Version because I like that, and then I'm going to do the NIV. It says, when a man's ways please the Lord... He makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Wow. Somebody say, wow. 
when, when your ways please God, your enemies come to be at peace with you. Whoa, that's amazing. Uh, the NIV says, when the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes their enemies to make peace with them. So I believe the goal should be in my life and in your life to make peace with our enemies and to see our enemies come to peace. And if, if they're functioning wrong in their lives, that they would come to a, an encounter with Jesus Christ and come to an encounter with God who loves them, and thus uh, their whole attitude change, changes, and, uh, and they'll want to make peace with you and with me because something's happened in their hearts. But it's us doing the things that really please God that makes that possible. And so if we please God in all that we do, our enemies can ultimately be at peace with us. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. That's been a prayer of, of mine for, for years. I've said, God, let me live in such a way that I'm pleasing you and the overflow of that will be, this will be appealing even to my enemies. I won't be attacking my enemies, but I will be softening the hearts of my enemies, and they'll want to make peace with you and with me. Number two, this is another proverb from the Bible, and Solomon wrote it, never rejoice when your enemy falls. Proverbs 24, 17 says, Rejoice not when your enemy falls, and don't let your heart be glad when he stumbles. You see, we have a, a humble heart, and we've got a, the heart of God, and we're walking and living in wisdom. We never wish evil or, uh, or ill will on anyone. Our, wisdom, our desire is to please God in everything that we do, and... Uh, and let even our enemies know that, hey, if, if, if I can help you in some way, you've gone through a hardship, you've stumbled in your life, uh, you, you've fallen in some way, I want you to know that I'm there to help you. I believe this is the heart of God in dealing with our enemies. The third thing in dealing with our enemies, and again, this is all found in the book of Proverbs, is... Love your enemy and provide for his needs. Now, that's very tough. If somebody's living in animosity toward you or I, we think, you know, the response is, you know, we, we, want, we want to see that person get what for, you know. However, Proverbs teaches us to love your enemy and to provide for their needs. Proverbs 25, 21 and 22 says, If your enemy is hungry, give him bread to eat. And if he is thirsty, give him water to drink. For in doing this, you'll heap coals of fire upon his head, and the Lord will reward you. Now, when we read that, 
you know, we could have the heart and the attitude to say, yeah, I, I, I kind of want to see him do okay, but, you know, I want to I I burn his brains out, you know, by putting coals of fire on his head. Now, that's not what the Bible is saying. The Bible is uh, teaching us something that was uh, uh, from their culture. They would, uh, they would carry coals on their head from one fire that had coals to another fire that needed coals or a house that needed warmth, and they would carry these on their head in the, in the proper kind of uh, vessel that would not burn their head. And thus they would be warmed and they would have a fire to deal with whatever needed to be dealt with. That is to uh, cook a meal, warm the house, or just have the, what is needed at, at that moment. And Matthew chapter 5 talks about loving our enemy. You see, wisdom is not hating when hate is given toward us. Wisdom is giving love in exchange for hatred. Hatred's coming at us, but in return we give love. And so Jesus said, love your enemy. Do good to those who despitefully use you. Now, interestingly, the book of Proverbs uh, talks about this whole uh, way of dealing with your enemy. And uh, when you love your enemy, when you care for your enemy in a, in a right way, that it's like putting coals on their head. Romans chapter 12, verses 7 to 21 actually uh, deals with that issue as well. It's, it speaks of, of, of this very same thing, that we heap coals of fire on the head of an individual, and thus they have the provision that they need to deal with what they need. If you have an enemy today in your life, I want to encourage you to bless them. Try to discover what they need when they have a need. If they're caught in the ditch of life, and they're struggling in some way, do what the Good Samaritan did to the person who was wounded. Help them, even if they are a supposed enemy. This is the wisdom of God. Say with me, this is the wisdom of God. This is the wisdom of God. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5, verse 38 to 45, he said, You have heard that it had been said, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. But I say unto you, do not resist an evil person. If anyone slaps you on the right cheek, turn to him the other also. And if anyone wants to sue you and take away your shirt, hand, uh, hand over your coat also. If anyone forces you to go one mile, go with him too. Give to the one who asks of you, and do not turn away from the one who wants to borrow from you. I have heard that it has, was said, love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I tell you, love your enemies and pray for those who persecute you, that you may be the children of your Father in heaven. He causes the sun to rise on the evil and on the good, and causes rain, uh, and sends rain on the righteous and on the unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? 
Are not even the tax collectors doing that? If you agreed only on your own people, uh, and uh, what are, are you doing more than others? Do not even pagans do that. Be perfect, therefore, as your heavenly Father is perfect. So, we want to love our enemy. Say that with me. Love our enemy. And we want to do good to them. Because in due time, we believe that it will have an effect and their hearts will be softened and they will turn to the one that they desperately need in their life and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's how we win people. We win by loving. You never win by hate. Say that with me. You never live a win by hate. You never win by hate. Now, I want to talk secondly today on blessings or blessings and caring for the poor. Blessings and caring for the poor. When I speak about the poor, I recognize that there are different kinds of poor. There are people who are rich in dollars and cents and property, but they're poor in other ways. They might be poor in their heart. They might be, they might be poor in their, in their mindset. Uh, they might be going through things in their life that they are not fulfilled See, to be, to be truly rich is to be truly fulfilled in every component of your life. And so being poor is not just being financially poor. Poor in your relationships is another way of being poor. Poor health. I had a little note come from my daughter uh, here about a week ago where she said if... Uh, if you, if you do not have health, you do not have real wealth. And so we can be poor in, in different ways. And uh, so there's different kinds of poor. The Bible teaches why people become poor, and uh, Solomon uh, displays that in the book of Proverbs, why people become poor. He talks about uh, the person who doesn't want to work uh, they will be poor. And in the old version, it says the sluggard will be poor, or the man who doesn't want to go to work will be poor, but the diligent will be rich. On the other hand, there are those in the world who, at no fault of their own, are caught in circumstances due to drought in the world, no opportunity, lack of education, uh, domination by wicked people and uh, oppressive governments. They are, in many instances, sold into slavery, and they're caught in a, in, a, in a thing called poverty, and God knows what else brings them to that place. <clears throat> we realize that in this world that there are some people that are careless, and again, they refuse to work, or they refuse to manage well, and they are caught in sinful lifestyles, and the result, the end result of that is poverty in their lives and in their families. Uh, alcoholism, uh, drug abuse, all these things contribute to this kind of uh, behavior which ends in poverty. 
The Bible tells us that bad company uh, corrupts good character. And so poverty can come to people in a land of opportunity as well. But again, on, uh, on the other side, there are some who are just caught in poverty. <clears throat> Proverbs 13.7 says one person pretends to be rich, yet has nothing. Another pretends to be poor, yet has great wealth. So there's different ways of looking at this. Uh, we want to be... We want to find the wisdom of God in relationship to poverty and the poor. Again, Proverbs 10.4 says, Lazy hands make for poverty. 13.23, it says, An unplowed field produces food for the poor, but injustice sweeps it away. And so there's the wrong management of it, and some people are subject to that. Uh, Proverbs 21, 17, interesting verse here. He that loves pleasure, in other words, you're just living their life for pleasure constantly, they will be poor. And he that loves wine and olive oil also will just, if that's all they're caught up in, they will also be poor. And so um, in Proverbs chapter 14, there is the, the contrasting statements here where those who have wealth and so on, uh, they are to consider the poor. Proverbs 14, 21, blessed is the one who is kind to the needy. God tells us that we will be blessed if we are kind to the needy. Chapter 17, verse 5, whoever mocks the poor, you know, point fingers at them and say, oh, you know, whatever, ridicules the poor, uh, Whoever mocks the poor uh, shows contempt for their maker. In other words, we are dishonoring God when we don't show care and love for the poor. Whoever gloats over disaster will not go unpunished. Some people say, you know, a disaster happened over here and they'll sort of mock the person, mock the situation, and, and God is very displeased with that. Chapter 21, verse 13, whoever stops his ears at the cry of the poor, he also shall himself cry and will not be heard. Very interesting verses. Verse, chapter 22, verse 7, the rich rules over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. Chapter 22, verse... Um, trying to find the verse here. Uh, 22, verse 9. He that has a bountiful eye shall be blessed, for he gives of his bread to the poor. Again, if a person is out there looking for how he can be a blessing and bless the poor... He will be greatly, greatly blessed. He shall be blessed, and he will be blessed in many, many ways. Chapter 22, verse 16 says, Do not oppress the poor to increase your riches. Many, many in our world have taken advantage of cheap labor, people who are under oppression, and they make huge amounts of money on people that are poor by not paying them proper wages. Um, 
Proverbs 28, verse 6 says, If you are perverse in your ways, the poor walk in integrity are, are better. So, again, the poor man may not have a lot, but God says he's better than those who live in perverse ways. Chapter 28, verse 8 of Proverbs. He that by usury and unjust gain increases his substance, he shall gather it for him that will have pity on the poor. In other words, God will somehow take it out of their governance or their uh, uh, authority, and he will give it to someone who will have compassion for the poor. Chapter 29, verse 7, Proverbs says, The righteous considers the cause of the poor, but the wicked regards not to know it. And again, the righteous, those who are truly righteous, consider the cause of the poor. I have so appreciated what we have seen happen in recent months in a time that's been so difficult in our world because of COVID-19. I've been so blessed uh, as a bystander and also working together with Thrive here to see how Thrive has responded to the needs in the community, needs around the world, realizing that people are on the edge of poverty and they need help and and uh, individuals and the church has risen up and they say we're going to help to give to those who are suffering to those who are poor at this time. Recently, uh, an entire town has been wiped out in our province here, the town of Lytton, by a fire. And people are rising up to help the people in this kind of situation. It's wonderful to see, and I believe this is the heart of God. God wants us to rise up where people have been hit and uh, they're vulnerable and now they're in poverty because of the destruction has taken place, people are rising up to say, we can change this and we can help in this time. Chapter 29, verse 14. There's so much in the book of Proverbs about poverty. Uh, Chapter 29, verse 14. The king that faithfully judges the poor, his throne will be established forever. In other words, he'll have a long term of authority. And no matter what sphere we work in, whether, whether we're in government or we have authority in other areas, if we are considerate of the poor, the Bible says he will establish, he will establish that business or that government forever. I'm so blessed when I, when I see different things happening in our world. I happen to have uh, someone I know in, in the city of Calgary who is very successful with their, with their business. I have many outlets and so forth. And uh, they have chosen to bless immigrants who come into their city. They, they have chosen to bless them, number one, with work Number two, bless them with all kinds of things. They've got furnishings and, and things they can help people with in their warehouses. And if they have need, they just outright give it to them. They might be employees. They might not be employees, but they have to give, so they just give. 
and they are helping those who are coming in who are the working poor and giving them a chance in life. I think that's wonderful. And guess what? That business has prospered by leaps and bounds. And God establishes authority and blessing in those who will give to the poor. Chapter 29, verse uh, uh, 14 again, he who judges the poor properly, faithfully, will be established forever. If you want supply in your life and you want supply in your church or in your business, consider the poor in whatever realm you are operating in, and God will establish you and he will bless you. That's his promise. Chapter 30, verse 14, it says, There's a generation whose teeth are as swords and, and their jaw teeth as knives to devour the poor from off the earth and the living among them. And God looks down on that and he says, No, that's not right. Chapter 31, verse 20, Open your mouth to judge righteously and plead the cause of the poor and the needy. That's what God wants us to do. And the virtuous woman in the Bible does that. She is an outstanding lady and she pleads the cause of the poor and the needy. And, uh, and the consequences, the blessings of that are, are amazing. In Proverbs chapter 31, it says the virtuous woman stretches out her hand to the, 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 the poor and the needy, and she is so blessed as a result of that. I want to just give you a few statistics on poverty in our world. In India, and we're involved in the nation of India some, there are 270 million people in India that are desperately poor. 270 million. That's just about, you know, a good, great percentage of the population of the United States are desperately poor in India. 30,000. Worldwide, they tell us that 30,000 children die daily from avoidable diseases. And 498 million are underweight in our world. 498 million children are underweight. In other words, they are malnourished in our world. The poor, the working poor, that are classified as poor in the world, make under a dollar ninety a day. That's uh, that's unbelievable, unbelievable, and uh, that's that's in countries like third world countries. In Canada, one in seven people are considered poor in our nation. So the poor we have with us. What are the reasons for poverty? Well, secular reasons for poverty are social inequality, illiteracy, population explosion, uh, gender inequality, unequal distribution of wealth, faulty economy, and corruption. But I personally believe that there are other things that contribute to poverty in our world. And it's, some of it's generational. Much of it's what the book of Proverbs talks about. Lack of knowledge and lack of wisdom brings, brings poverty. Or demonic oppression. There's a real devil in our, in our world. And there are principalities that are, and powers that are working with demonic forces that I believe 
cause poverty in our world. And I believe only the blood of Jesus and the power of the cross can break that kind of poverty that comes through demonic influences. Disease brings poverty. Being morally bankrupt, needing a savior, is what brings poverty in our world. Or no, no knowledge of financial stewardship at all. Or no knowledge of God and his ways, which are taught in the book of Proverbs. These things bring poverty. And I think it's good news these days that the book of Proverbs is being taught and we're being reminded of what, what the, the real issues are and really what really works for our society. I believe God's will is that people be released from poverty. And we have good news on this. Uh, there is a release from poverty, and Jesus Christ is the example. In 2 Corinthians 8, verse 9, it says, Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that we, through and because he entered into sacrifice through his poverty, might be made rich. Let me say that one more time. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that we, through his poverty, might be made rich. I believe it's incumbent upon us because of the grace of God that we have experienced in our lives to take on something of sacrifice and become, as it were, momentarily just a little bit poorer by giving away so that somebody else, through our poverty, might become rich. Through our poverty. It's not making ourselves absolutely destitute, but it's pouring out something like Jesus poured out so that others can benefit. And uh, I know that it's not just all about giving money. That's part of it, that we can give education, we can give many different things into society that will help turn the tide for the, the poor. He became poor, that we through his poverty might become comparatively rich. Jesus came and brought good news to the poor. Good news in the promises he gave, in the hope that he brought. Through world evangelism, through discipleship, things like TDS, that kind of thing is changing our world. It's, it's, it's making a difference in people's lives so that people become intent disciples and followers of Jesus, and they do what Jesus did in this world, and building a strong church, but also having a huge influence into the community in the long run. I think it's wonderful what God is doing through you right here as you are submitting to the ways of Jesus. It's very powerful. If you are poor, Jesus is good news for you. And I believe the church also should be good news for you. I had the belief that our church should be good news to the community. One of the things we took on for the poor in... Uh, a uh, period of time, is we believed that every, every family, in even single moms or widows or whoever, should have their own home. We had that, I had that dream. 
Where did I get that dream? I got that dream from Solomon because in Solomon's what is called his golden age, every man and woman sat under their own vine and their own fig tree. Everybody had their own home. You say, that's crazy. Could that ever happen in Vancouver? Miracles still happen. And you know what? People rallied. Some, some people who had a little bit of money said to the single moms, hey, we can help you. We're going we're gonna to help you with your down payment. And they got, the, got a townhouse or whatever the case was. And almost everybody, at that time our church was about 700 people, almost everybody that we knew of in our home that needed a home got a home, that believed for it. And, and I believe that Jesus who is a, a greater than a Solomon, is here. And he can turn the tide and he can make life wonderful and different and take us out our, of our poverty. In, uh, in Isaiah 11, it says, With righteousness he will judge the needy, and with justice will he give justice for the poor of the earth. You see, that's the heart of God. That's why Jesus came. He wants to bring better things in every dimension, spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, in life. He wants to make a better world for us. He wants to bring a Solomon type of world, a golden age. Solomon brought in the golden age, which is, which is a snapshot of a greater kingdom where Jesus is Lord and every man is under him. Praise God. Well, we're going to conclude our message here this morning very, very quickly. I trust you benefited something from looking at some of the Proverbs. There's so many Proverbs that give us wisdom. And I want to say in conclusion, there is help for the poor. There is help for your enemies, too. <laughs> you know, God wants to help you with your enemies so that you can have grace to be very, very kind to your enemies and also to be kind to the poor. I heard one exciting story uh, just recently. Uh, Francis Chan told a story of when they began to t uh, teach and preach on the poor and what they could do for them. They had, a hundred, they had over a hundred families that started to adopt children that needed adoption. In California, there was a dire need for adoption. They weren't getting enough homes, etc. They saw the challenge. They rose up. Over 100 families opened their homes to adopt children. Family that's just moved here locally. We love them very much, and they've joined to help in some aspects of ministry. They have adopted four children. Some of their friends adopted nine children. That's quite a responsibility. And in, in some of these cases, the, the, they're really needy children, uh, children that come out of, you know, out of the world and with certain debilitating factors in their lives. And they're loving on these kids and giving them hope. See, God cares for the poor. And the orphan, the widow, are some of the poor in our world. Orphanages are important. We, we have been involved with our five orphanages in our, in our short lifetime. We could have done a lot more, but that was a great outlet for us uh, to be able to pour into and see after years some of the orphans are, are now success stories. One, one that we know of is a doctor today. And, uh, and because we took them in to an orphanage and they got education and they got what they needed. 
and uh, they were found in a hopeless, helpless situation. And there's much of that in our world, but we can, we can start somewhere. We can start doing little things and making a change in our world and see a big difference. And we can be a, a blessing to our enemies, number one. Number two, we can be a blessing to the poor. Let's say that. I will be a blessing to my enemies, and I will be a blessing to the poor. God bless you. I want to thank Pastor Tim today for bringing us a message from the book of Proverbs regarding being a blessing to our enemies, being a blessing to the poor. We're going to speak about the poor in just a bit in terms of what we're going to do on that. But let's talk first about enemies. And the fact is, Proverbs 16, 7, just as Pastor Tim shared, says, When a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. You know, sometimes I find Proverbs to be quite challenging. And this one challenges me. I'm like, what? So like, if I'm attacked by someone and they're not at peace with me, does that mean I'm not pleasing to the Lord? And I, I think you want to take it uh, with, uh, you know, this perspective is that when you live your life wanting to glorify God and please God with your life, will that stop people from not liking you or attacking from time? No, it won't. But will it minimize the amount of conflict that you go through? Yes, it will. Because when you are living your life for God's glory, it will minimize the amount of quarreling that you're going to do with people, the, the amount of hate that you spew out back to them. It'll, as much as possible, as far as it depends on you, allow you to live at peace with others. But I think there's another reason why Solomon puts a proverb like that in the Bible for us. It's that it's pointing not just to what we can do, even more, it's pointing to what Jesus did for us is that when a man's ways are pleasing to the Lord, he makes even his enemies live at peace with him. The fact is there's only one person who ever lived who lived his life fully pleasing to the Lord. His name is Jesus. We couldn't do that. In fact, the Bible calls us enemies of God, is that we didn't start off as God's friends. God loves us. God made us in his image, but God didn't, you know, the Bible actually says that we lived like enemies of God, that we didn't do things God's way. We didn't, you know, do things the way that God wanted them to do that we did things our way. And as a result, that, that rebellion called sin separates us from God. We lived like enemies of God. But even while we were enemies of God, God sent Jesus Christ for us to live a life that none of us could live, a life that is pleasing to the Lord in every way. And not only did he live a life that's pleasing to the Lord, but Jesus died on the cross for people like us so that we could be going from enemies of God to friends of God from enemies of God to children of God, from people who are separated from God because of our sin to people who are forgiven by God for our sin. And it's all because Jesus came and he stepped into our shoes and he took the punishment for us. And so I'm here to tell you this. Why is it that we should be kind to our enemies? It's because God was kind to us. When we, were, when we acted like enemies to God, God didn't say to hell with you. Instead, he treated us with humility. He treated us with kindness. He extended the olive branch to us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for us. That's why we can be kind to our enemies. It's to follow in the example that God set for us. Just as he loved us, we ought to love 
our enemies as well. And so it's with that in mind that maybe you're here today and you haven't made peace with God, that you might not think of yourself as an enemy of God, but when you think of the way that you kind of live your own life, doing your own thing, that you're actually not a friend of God, but an enemy of him, I, I want to put to you today that there is another way to live is that if you would open up your heart to Jesus Christ and you would ask him to forgive your sins, you can go from being spiritually an enemy of God to a friend of God, to a child of God. Not something that you earn because you're a good person, but because God loves you with an unconditional love and he sent Jesus Christ for you. And so with that in mind, if you realize you could use that today, if you realize that you need forgiveness for sin, if you can you know, have the humility to admit, you know, God, I haven't lived my life always pleasing to you. I've, all, I've done things and said things and thought things that are far from what you wanted me to do. And I wanna come and ask you for forgiveness. If that's you, then this is your opportunity to make peace with God. If you've never done that before, I want to encourage you to make the most of this opportunity right now. What you can do is you can click the link that's on your chat room. You can you know, scan the QR code that's on your screen. It'll take you to a, a prayer page, which contains a written prayer that you can pray. And just so you're not doing this alone, I'm going to pray this prayer with you as well, knowing that it's really the, the, the attitude of your heart, even more than the words you speak, that matters most. And so I want to encourage you, if that's you, you realize you need God's forgiveness for sin, you want to make peace with God, you want to, you know, you know, be someone who's now in a relationship with God, and you, then, then what you can do is you can ask Jesus Christ to come into your life by praying this prayer. And so I encourage you to do that right now. You don't need to wait to, you know, read the Bible backwards and forwards to do it. You don't have to go to church all your life to do it. You can be coming from another kind of background. But if you know you are a sinner who needs a savior and you want forgiveness for that sin, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me right now. Why don't you pray this with me? It's on your screen. For those of you who click that link, you can pray this with me together. You can say, dear Jesus, thank you that because you love me, you died on the cross to pay for my sins. You rose again to give me life. Today, I open up my heart and I ask you, please forgive me of all my sins and fill me with your Holy Spirit. I place my trust not in what I do, but in what you've done for me. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you prayed that prayer and you meant that from your heart, according to the Bible, you are forgiven of your sins. You have what's called peace with God. And with that comes the peace of God that can fill your life. You now have a relationship with God. You're a child of God. You're a citizen of heaven. We believe the best is yet to come. And to encourage you in this new relationship with God that you've just started, I want to let you know a couple things. One is there's a gift we want to give to you. You can click the link that's right underneath the prayer that you prayed. We'd love to set you up with a gift to encourage you in your relationship with God. Also encourage you to keep coming to church. Every baby needs a family to grow up in. Here at Thrive, we would love to be your spiritual family. On top of that, we encourage you to get baptized. Baptism is not a graduation. It's a beginning. It's you simply saying, I know I'm a sinner who needs a savior. Jesus is my savior. Encourage you to click on the baptism link at mythrive.info for more information on baptism. We encourage you to do that. Right now, as we get ready to continue to worship God, I'm going to ask our band to lead us in a song. Let's give our very best to God. And after that, I'm going to lead in a prayer that you don't want to miss. Let's do that together right now. these pieces broken and scattered in mercy gathered 
I can see the love. 
Can we give God a big hand, a big shout in this place together right now? Oh, come on, there's more in you than that. Give God all of your praise in this place. Before I pray a prayer over all of you, we talked today about being a blessing to our enemies and being a blessing to the poor. How many of you guys know that when you give to Thrive Church, every time you give, you're not just helping the local church here, but you're also investing in the kingdom of God that's happening in other parts of the world. Uh, you know, Pastor Tim had mentioned India, orphans in India. We are partnering with uh, an orphanage in India that's taking care of approximately 100 orphans uh, to give them not just shelter, not just food, but to give them a family, to give them education. Uh, and Pastor Tim spoke of some success stories that have come out of that. You and I, we, when we give to Thrive today, every Sunday, every day that you give, we're investing in God's kingdom and the way that we can help others, help the poor. And so I encourage you to invest and to contribute, give your faithful tithes, your generous offerings, knowing that when you seek God's kingdom first, he adds what? He adds everything we need. And not only does he add everything we need, but he builds his church and ushers his kingdom in us and through us. And so with all that in mind, let me just pray a quick prayer for you. By the way, go to mythrive.info to give if you want. And let's just pray this prayer together right now. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you so much for the book of Proverbs for showing us that your heart is for the poor and your heart is one of peace, one that extends peace to your enemies, that when we were enemies of God, you didn't cast us off, you didn't quit on us, you didn't abandon us. Instead, you served us with an incredible love. And it's because of that that we can be called your children. It's because of that we've been called your friends. Would you help us to love our enemies the same way? Would you help us take good care of the poor? Help us to not just hoard what we have, but to make the most of it by sharing hope, love, and real practical help through the way that we give. And so we ask you to do this. And because we need you and it's all about you, we pray all of your blessing, your protection, your healing, your comfort, your wisdom, your Holy Spirit to fill every single person here until we next meet again. We thank you. We give you praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Oh, come on. Give God a big hand, a big shout. Let's play together right now. That brings our service to a close, but our worship continues. Let's continue to worship God in all that we do. It is amazing to spend time with you, church, here online, also on site. We can't wait to see you again. Stay tuned next week for the next episode of Rise Up and Wise Up. You don't want to miss it. Have an amazing week, everybody. God loves you. We love you. Praise God. The best is yet to come. Take care, everybody. 
Thank you, Pastor JB, and thank you, Pastor Tim, for the message today. Let's get ready for the announcements. If this is your first time visiting us, we would love to connect with you. Please text NEW to 604-285-5770 or visit mythrive.info. We want to give you a Thrive stainless steel water bottle to thank you for spending your precious time with us at Thrive today. If you are joining us online, we'll mail the water bottle straight to your mailing address. And if you're with us on site at Thrive Center, you can visit our welcome center outside the exit after the service. One of our greeters will welcome you with a big smile and give you your water bottle. We're so excited for those of you who prayed the prayer to receive Jesus today. We understand you might still have questions, so we want to send you a series of videos recorded by Pastor JB and Pastor Charlene that may answer some of your questions about Christianity. Other than the videos, we also have a beautiful Thrive mug and a Starbucks e-gift card just for you. So if you've received Jesus today, let us know by texting BELIEVE to 604-285-5770 or by visiting mythrive.info. We'll mail you the gift package if you're joining online or you can pick up your gift in person at the Welcome Center on your way out today. Baptism Sunday is happening on Sunday, August 22nd after the Sunday service. During COVID-19 season, Baptism at Thrive will look a little bit different, but we're committed to helping you have a great Baptism experience that's also safe for everyone involved. If you're interested in getting baptized or learning more about baptism, simply visit mythrive.info. Thrive Church is now meeting both online and on-site at Thrive Center at 9.30 a.m. and 11.30 a.m. For those of you who are joining us on-site, please know that we have safety protocols in place with pre-registration required to keep you and our team members safe. To pre-register for the in-person services, please visit thrivechurch.ca forward slash reopening. That is all for the announcements this week. Don't forget to give your tithes and offerings online at mythrive.info. If you prefer to give by cash or a check, there's an offering box by the auditorium wall on your way out as well. Have a wonderful Sunday and I'll see you next week online or on site for the episode 5 of the Rise Up and Wise Up message series. Stay blessed.